Holidays are here, and so is fashionable fitness. Gift yourself a Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 3 5G, a phone that folds in half to literally stand on its own. Pair it with the Galaxy Watch 4 for ultimate wellness and wow factor. Check health stats, flex personal records. Over 90 activities can be tracked, like biking, swimming, golfing, and more. Invest in yourself with tech made to crush goals. Holidays open up with Galaxy. Shop it all at Samsung.com. 5G connection and availability may vary. Check with Carrier. Products sold separately. For the ones finding new ways to ensure the job always gets done. For the ones wearing many hats. For the ones who are hands-on, even from far away. And the ones keeping business moving forward. We are Granger, Offering supplies and solutions for every industry. With 24-7 support and experienced staff at over 250 local branches. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey everybody, it's Sam with Wrestling Overtime and bringing you your AEW Dynamite results and thoughts for February 3rd, 2021. And I am still recovering from the wedding and from Ray phoenix man oh man can i even say enough about him for those of you who did not stick around and watch aew's main event with ray phoenix you need to find it on youtube on facebook on aew.com you need to find that match somewhere and sit down and watch it this i mean i have to say it aew every month it seems like gives us a special event now it may be a pay-per-view that we have to pay fifty dollars for but they give us a special event like New Year's Eve Smash or Night 1 and 2. Or they give us something like Beach Break. Tonight, I'm going to be real honest with you. I wasn't extremely looking forward to this event. And I know some of you are saying, now Sam, how can you not be looking forward to Beach Break? Well, you didn't get a predictions on this because I thought, I kind of feel like they're self-explanatory. Well, Beach Break proved to me, number one, they can swerve you. Number two... Even if you know or you think you know who is going to win, it doesn't matter if they put on a good match. And I have to say that. Um, I think I have been uh, used to WWE knowing who's going to win beforehand, and then they put on a halfway match. I get disappointed, and I think, why did I waste my time and knew who was going to win anyway? Well, like I said, even if you know who's going to win, you need to watch the matches in AEW. 
because they were unreal and they were kicking it tonight. They started off, of course, with the Battle Royal. And it was for the chance to get to take on the tag team champions, the Young Bucks, at AEW's pay-per-view revolution that is coming up. And whoever won, didn't matter who you were, you got the chance. They made the announcement beforehand, number one, because of their actions last week. Um, FTR were disqualified, thrown out of the match, and that the Young Bucks were also going to be in the match. And if they won, they got to choose who they would see at the pay-per-view. Now, I'm going to be real honest with you. If I would have did a prediction show, I was going to choose the Young Bucks. Because I thought for sure they're going to have the Young Bucks win this. And then they're going to have them choose either some tag team off of AEW Dark. Or they're going to have them choose the Good Brothers. They're going to get into it somehow. And they're going to choose the Good Brothers in order to continue the partnership. In order to continue with the pay-per-view buys. So, this match started off with the Young Bucks being introduced last and jumping off separate uh, directions on the stage and taking out everyone. Doing double super kicks. I mean, craziness. So, then they finally got all the teams in the ring and I took a look at it. I just watched Royal Rumble, you know, last Sunday, and I was thinking, my God, they've got more people in the ring than what they ever had in the Royal Rumble. How do you keep up with what is going on? Um, I mean, it, it, it blew my mind. It was so well organized. As soon as your eyes would catch on um, John Silver going wild. Gosh, there's another one I can't say enough good things about. Last couple of weeks, he he has just been a star. He eliminated Jake Hager. And so, you know... As soon as your eyes are catching that, then your eyes are drawn to Santana and Matt Jackson fighting on or in the middle of the ring. Um, Matt ends up getting back body dropped onto the stage. And I was thinking... Is that an elimination? His feet technically didn't hit the floor. It hit the stage. But Luchasaurus at one point just absolutely ran wild. And then got eliminated by the Dark War. Um, I mean, of course, Johnny Hungy, 
Johnny Silver had to pose, and he got eliminated by Santana and Ortiz. And I started getting into this. I was on the edge of my seat and saw, number one, Top Flight is still in there, and the claim, Max Caster is still in there. And I thought, what an awesome, I mean absolutely awesome match would it be at AEW Revolution to have Caster and Martin, one of the Martin twins, get eliminated, eliminate each other, and their feet hit the ground at the same time, and the plane, top flight, and young bucks. Or in a triple threat. And you guys know I don't even like triple threats. But, I mean, that thought went through my mind. I thought, oh my god, what kind of match could that be? Then I saw Santana and Ortiz is still in there. And I'm like, daggone, they have had some unbelievable matches with the Young Bucks. And it just kept going and going and going. And of course, um, I think it was Darius, please don't hold me to that, but one of the Martin twins from Top Flight was fighting with Sammy. Sammy was on the outside of the ropes, and Jericho supposedly saw that it was Top Flight, went to hit the um, Judas Effect. Of course, Top Flight ducked. Jericho eliminated Sammy Guevara, which Sammy, of course, got upset and left. And then it ends up being Jericho and Top Flight. And for a minute, and I mean, I'm... I can't believe I'm saying this. I thought, I kind of want Chris Jericho and MJF to win. I love MJF. I know most of you out there hate him. He's a great guy to hate, but I love him. I, I've i always loved, you know, Y2J. I, I love Chris Jericho. But then I kept thinking, I love the Martin Twins too. I can't tell you how long I have watched Airwolf, which is the oldest uh, Martin twin or Martin brother. He's the 21 year old um, Tim Dennis. I can't say his name enough. Tim Dennis um, told me about him a good three or four years ago. He wrestled under a mask, under age. Because he looked babyface, and he looked like he was 12 years old, as Airwolf up in the Minnesota Territories. And I got to watch YouTube clips and stuff that he posted on Twitter when he was 17, 18, 19 years old. And he was unbelievable as a singles wrestler. So when his brother joined him, I have been fans of them since then and so I started immediately rooting 
for top flight to take on the Young Bucks and hoping against hope that they would give them the titles at 19 and at 21, top flight would be the tag team champions. It was not meant to be. Chris Jericho, of course, eliminated um, the Martin brother and, with the Judas effect. And MJF and Chris Jericho will be facing the Young Bucks at Revolution. Then they introduced Tony Schiavone's in the ring, and they introduced Darby Allen and Sting. And I'm just going to tell you, I'm kind of getting tired of this. Um, I never thought I would say that. But the Sting surprise was great. Him coming out the first two weeks, not really saying anything, just looking around and being Sting. And every once in a while showing a baseball bat. Yeah, that was great. Well, then the next week he speaks and says like two sentences. Okay, now I'm I'm done. He doesn't have to come out every week. Please give Darby a match. Thank God he's wrestling next week. But it seems like since Sting has showed up, they don't want to let Darby wrestle. He's wrestled once. It was against Brian Cage. Sting even had to come out. Um, please do not let Sting ruin um, Darby Allen. I love Darby Allen and I love his character. Um, I've, I've read enough about him and seen a, enough shows and interviews and everything with him that I feel like I actually like the guy behind the character, the crazy guy that get, has to get his drill lump up, and, but is so straight-edged it's not even funny. They come out before they can say anything. Taz's team, of course, interrupts. I love how Taz is the mouthpiece of Brian Cage. That's how they originally started. And he's got young Will Hobbs, Powerhouse Hobbs, whatever you want to call him, who probably doesn't need some help on the mic. That's cool. I hate it, though. Ricky Starks could be one of the best talkers they got in AEW. If you pull up anything of him on YouTube or you pull up uh, NWA, Ricky Starks can talk the talk, which is why Taz gives him the mic every single time. I just wish he'd give him the mic a little longer. But for their actions last week of hurting people that were actually selling AEW merchandise, they were not allowed at work this week, but Taz somehow got a microphone in order to interrupt. And, you know, he has to talk about how they're going to be in the building next week when Darby Allen takes on Joey Janela. Now, for those of you who didn't know Darby Allen was taken on Joey Janela, you need to follow Darby Allen on Twitter. Um, loved it. Darby Allen tweeted this week that when he came to AEW, 
Joey Janela was main eventing. And that's true. He he main evented with um John Moxley and they tore down the house. And he said that he felt like Joey Janela had lost himself and was struggling and wondering where his place was. And Darby said that he believed in him, that he believed he would be a main eventer again, and that he wanted to give him an opportunity at the TNT championship title. That was not Joey Janela asking for it. It was Darby Allen recognizing, hey, we can put on an awesome match, and Joey Janela is almost like my counterpart. He does not care to do wild and crazy things. So I'll look forward to their match um, next week. I th- I think it's going to be unbelievable. Um, then we get Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. I'll be honest with you. Britt Baker has really improved. Um, this time last year, no, gosh, it was when they started. Yeah, it was probably this time last year. I saw her, I'm trying to think, I saw her uh, the third week of October of 2019. She was in her hometown of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It was the third show of AEW. And she left a lot to be desired. As far as her wrestling. Um, she was trying to be a babyface. This time last year, she turned heel and looked better than she got hurt. Um, she really must have worked on her wrestling. I have seen her a couple times since then, you know, in a couple different battles and just really have never been impressed with her wrestling. Thunder Rosa, I know, has not been wrestling that long either. Um, I believe they said, the announced team said one of them's been wrestling, I think, six years. One of them's been wrestling five years. You wouldn't know it. They put on a very, very good women's match. Uh, Britt Baker, along with Rebel slash Reba, were great heels. Um, this, I felt, was a really good match. Loved that they took it outside for a while. They took it outside the ring, and, you know, the ref had to remind them to get back in for their count so that they wouldn't get counted out. But they did some awesome moves outside of the ring. They did some awesome moves inside of the ring. Britt Baker with her sling uh, sling blade. And then, of course, uh, Thunder Rosa with that Death Valley driver. I mean, I I just love that. Um, love that um, Rebel Reba helped her by taking the turnbuckle off. Um, loved that, of course, she calls it the lockjaw, but Britt Baker's maintable call. And then her hitting into the exposed turnbuckle where Burt Baker cheated to win. And so they can now have a rematch, you know. Um, don't really understand the Hangman Page, Matt Hardy relationship. 
I know they explained it and talked about, you know, how it's been 10 years since, you know, he was on one of Matt Hardy's shows in North Carolina and all that. Still not really buying it. Um, They didn't work together. I didn't feel very well as a tag team. They took on the Chaos Project. Of course they won, but this was probably, I would have to say, probably the worst match on the show. As far as working together and being together. Then they pump up the AEW uh, Women's Championship Tournament, where matches are going to be held in the United States and in Japan. I love this. I love that first round. We're getting Serena Deeb against Rio. I cannot wait for that match. I think it's going to be an unbelievable match. If you haven't seen these two wrestle, then you need to stay tuned because it is. It is going to be unreal. Um, also, love it that, that they are holding part of it in Japan with some um, Joshi wrestlers, some New Japan wrestlers, some um, of... Dealing with the New Japan deal that they've done, that they've been able to put this together as quickly as they can. But I love that Tony Khan, finally, because this is a tournament, and he doesn't need Shadea right now in the United States. Since some of it's happening in Japan, he sent her to Japan. She sent out a tweet saying, I get to go home. She gets to go home. She, she's she been here over a year, haven't seen her family due to COVID, due to the travel restrictions, her being needed here to uh, bring up the height of the women's championship and everything. She's going over there to scout. Yes, I made finger quotation marks, but she's getting to see her family. I think that's awesome, Tony Khan, that you did that. Uh, I, I can't say enough about that. Love that Chris Jericho and MJF take their bubbly champagne into Jericho's locker room in order to celebrate um, the inner circle's win. When Sammy Guevara calls out that really is this the inner circle's win, considering you eliminated me and MJF helped eliminate Santana and Ortiz, and when is it going to be our win? And I agree with Sammy Guevara. Um, I, I know they're not called LAX anymore. Uh, the pop, the proud, and the powerful. Santana and Ortiz need to be in the hunt for the tag team championships, not MJF and Jericho. And Sammy walking out, loved it. Absolutely loved it. Loved that Chris Jericho followed him. Means that Chris Jericho still believes in Sammy Guevara. But, of course, everyone's healed that they love to hate, that I happen to love. MJF has Wardlow close the door, so he can talk to Santana and Ortiz and Jake Hager without the cameras. Then we have Tony Schiavone talking about the wedding and how Kip Sabian is there with Miro and Chucky T, sexy Chucky T. 
uh, or Charles, the butler. I wish he would have been able to be a young boy, but I guess their new um, deal with New Japan wouldn't allow them maybe to use that phrasing since they use it in New Japan wrestling. But So they had to call him Butler or whatever. But loved it that Vicky Guerrero came to get Kip and walked him down the aisle. We find out that Father James Mitchell, the sinister minister, uh, is presiding over the wedding. And that Jerry Lynn is walking uh, Penopoli down the aisle. I loved this wedding. Glad that JR, Tony Schiavone, and Excalibur, um, actually, I think they kind of liked it too. Because there weren't shenanigans until the end. Of course, I absolutely love Father uh, James Mitchell making up his own things, such as the unholy matrimony. I also loved it when um, he said that they could kiss. They decide to make out like they usually do. And then Miro, of course, does his toast and starts off with what is love. And as soon as he does, the crowd who usually is singing, Judas, sings the song, What is Love? I thought that was hilarious. Then, of course, Miro, who has been involved in many a wrestling wedding, um, thinks there is a person in the box that Chucky e. T has brought for the bride and groom, and attacks it, tears it up, throws it out, and Chucky e. T is told to go clean it up. While he's cleaning it up, he puts handcuffs on Miro, on the bottom rope, and on Miro's leg, so that he can't help when Chuck goes after Kip, who knocks his bride into the cake, and out comes Orange Cassidy, and of course, they uh, run rampant, basically, on Kip, and they ruin the wedding, Kip is throwing a fit, yeah, I mean, it's great. You you have to absolutely love it. We see a promo, I guess, um, of Shaq saying that, yeah, he'll wrestle Cody. Uh, him and Jade will take on uh, Red Velvet, and he calls Cody Cupcake, and that he is going to do the Black tornado and he demonstrates this on Kenny Smith so that was that was great this next match I thought was going to be garbage I'll just be honest with you I thought was going to be garbage no Lance Archer Eddie Kingston in a lumberjack match it was cool it is now 1-1 
they now have to have a rubber match. They have to have that third match. I hope it's at Revolution. Revolution may be too far away for these two. We may have to have it sooner than that. But they have put on absolutely unbelievable matches together. This one was Lance Archer pretty much all the way using his height, his power, his athleticism as far as jumping up on top of the rope from the mat to the top rope, walking the rope, you know, um, some of the suplexes he he hits is just unbelievable. I mean, uh, Bear Country does come in and um, get involved. And I was shocked. They... I don't know. They really didn't play that up a lot. With, you know, Bronson coming in and doing a spear and everything. They, I don't know. I don't know why they didn't do that. I kind of got the feeling they were running out of time a little bit. Um, because we saw two promos and then, boom, they hurried up with the main event. Um... One promo was FTR talking about them getting suspended. Tolly talking about how everybody is scared of them and they've been cheated out of everything and that they want a title match and that people need to realize that they need to give them a title match. And Dax says they aren't bad men. They really aren't. But sometimes good men have to do bad things. And Cash brings out Marco Stunt, who they have kidnapped and duct taped. And just truly funny, as far as I'm concerned. They also then run a little video package with Joey Janela talking about how stakes have never been higher. Instead of... All of them getting separate entrances, which is why I say I wonder if they were running a little short on time. They all came out together, which they usually don't do. And they came out to Kenny Omega's music. We saw Kenny Omega, the Good Brothers, and Don Callis all come out together. Of course, Don Callis is on commentary. And we see, for the first time... Ray Phoenix and Pac enter through the crowd. And of course, um, John Moxley comes through the doors and also enters through the crowd. And they all three make their way into the ring all at the same time. I was a little unsure of this much. Um, they did point out that Pac and Ray Phoenix, even though they have been part of the Death Triangle, have not really wrestled together because of the pandemic and Pac being caught in England and due to the travel restrictions hasn't been over here. John Moxley is always a lone wolf, yet Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers have ran the roads together, have been tag teams before, and have worked together 
numerous times. This match. This might be the best six-man match I've seen in two years. I can't think of a better six-man tag that I've seen recently. I'm saying in the last two years. You guys need to write me at wrestlingovertime at gmail.com if you have. Because I can't. I can't think of a better six-man tag match. I really can't. This had everything. It had the power of Gallows. It had the brawling of John Moxley. It had Pac and... Kenny Omega and Ray Phoenix flying through the air, doing anything and everything. It had Carl Anderson doing submissions of um, being a little guy with so much power. Um, of course, the Good Brothers went for the Magic Killer two or three times and just couldn't hit it. Uh, Ray Phoenix and Pac did double moonsaults. Uh, Ray Phoenix was everywhere. He ended up hitting a cutter. Um, he, like I said, I can't say enough good things about Ray Phoenix. He is back. We need to get Penta back. I know that he has been hurt and he has been gone. And that they did the angle last week. With him getting hurt so that he could have some time to heal. But, oh my gosh, when the Lucha Brothers come back, they need to push them. Ray Phoenix has just been absolutely unreal. Um, however, he took the pin. He got hit with a spine buster and then the Good Brothers hit the Magic Killer on him at the same time that Pac was getting ready to come back in the, the ring and break it up, and Kenny Omega hit him with the V-trigger. So Omega and the Good Brothers won. They all ended up attacking Moxley and Phoenix, and Lance Archer comes out, who, from what I understand, has always had a problem with the Good Brothers from New Japan. I guess he took them on over there. He, They have always fought each other. But, I mean, he came out and cleared the ring of the Good Brothers. He went wild on them. I mean, wild. And that left John Moxley and Kenny Omega in the ring. As John Moxley was gonna put Kenny Omega asleep, out of nowhere, Masked Man comes. And of course, by now, all of you know, Kenta attacked. John Moxley hit the go to sleep on him and leaves the ring as he shakes his head at Kenny Omega for he hit the go to sleep. Kenta hit the go to sleep. But Kenny Omega puts his foot on John Moxley like he conquered him. 
And you can see Kenta just shaking his head like, unbelievable, dude, unbelievable. You were getting ready to go to sleep yourself. Now, they're both Bullet Club members. So, for those of you who don't watch New Japan, you need to know Kenta is part of the Bullet Club. So, you're looking at Bullet Club members of the Good Brothers, uh, Young Bucks, Kenta, Kenny Omega, Adam Cole, AJ Styles, Finn Balor, Jay White, Tama Tonga, Tana Loa, um, trying to think who else possibly may come over. Of course, you know, the WWE guys and the NXT guys are not going to show up, but it's always fun to dream. So, I, I was not looking forward to this show. It turned out to be an unbelievable show. Maybe I need to go in with low expectations more often because it really turned out for the best. And like I said, I really enjoyed the show. I I thought that they got a lot of storylines started. And um, they really kind of are in the middle of the storyline with Inner Circle. So I am looking forward to some of those over... The next month, month and a half, really coming to a head to bring us a good pay-per-view at Revolution. What are you guys thinking? What did you think of the show? What did you think of the main event? And do you agree with me about Ray Phoenix just being unbelievably awesome? Write me at WrestlingOvertime at gmail.com or hit me up on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at WrestlingOvertime. And I will talk to you guys soon. And I'll see you down the road. Holidays are here, and so is fashionable fitness. Gift yourself a Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 3 5G, a phone that folds in half to literally stand on its own. Pair it with the Galaxy Watch 4 for ultimate wellness and wow factor. Check health stats, flex personal records. Over 90 activities can be tracked, like biking, swimming, golfing, and more. Invest in yourself with tech made to crush goals. Holidays open up with Galaxy. Shop it all at Samsung.com. 5G connection and availability may vary. Check with Carrier. Products sold separately. For the ones who get going when the going gets tough. And the ones who know we're tougher together. For the pathfinders breaking new ground. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as fast access to experts and 24-7 customer support. Because we know you have people depending on you. So you can always depend on us. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.